want you guys to turn me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, and we will start today's sermon. Man, here we go. Man, didn't the worship team do an amazing job? Man, amazing. Let's see here. Let's get situated. All right, so we will be reading. We're going to be all over Galatians chapter 5 today. I want to start today's service with Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. This was the verse that we started off with for this series. Galatians 5, verse 1 says, It is for freedom, everyone say freedom, freedom. that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Now let's jump to verse 16 really quick. Galatians 5, verse 16. It, is, it, it says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Everyone say Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this place. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us. We acknowledge, Holy Spirit, that you are here this morning. And we just pray that as we open up your word, God, that is the final authority. I pray that you reveal your heart through the scripture and reveal to us how to be finally free. In Jesus' name, everyone say it. Amen. Amen. So if this is your first Sunday here in a little bit, we've been doing a sermon series that we are titling called Finally Free. Everyone say finally free. free. Jesus came to set us free. And freedom is available today in this place. Like we were declaring during worship, freedom from depression, freedom from suicidal thoughts, freedom from addiction, anger, bitterness, anxiety, freedom from the past, and so much more. But not just temporarily, but permanently. This is why we're calling it finally free. Because it's one thing to experience a moment of freedom, but it's another thing to walk out freedom each and every day, knowing who you are in Christ. So we've been talking about many things during this sermon series. It's been amazing. We've talked about our identity. Remembering that we don't find our identity in what we do and actually in our chains, but we find our identity in Christ. Because we are not a slave. We are a son. We are a daughter. We are his. We've talked about being vulnerable. How there is power in vulnerability. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. God is wanting us to be vulnerable about our chains. We've also talked about our past with no matter how much we've done in our past, Jesus has forgiven us and he's called us to move forward in what we've called to do. And he's using our past for his good. So once we find our identity in Christ, we know who we are, we know that we're a son, we know that we're a daughter. And once we are finally free from our past and we can say, yeah, I've done a lot, many things have happened to me, but I'm called to move forward. What does that look like, though? And as we close out this sermon series, I want to ask this question. How do we practically walk in freedom today? We encounter God at the altar. We, we had this amazing experience. People prayed for us. We felt his presence. We repented. Now it's time to move forward. And then Monday morning hits. Come on, somebody. Tuesday morning hits. Wednesday morning hits. And now... The thing that I brought to the altar on Sunday morning is now knocking on my doorstep on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday morning. 
that alcohol showing up at the door saying, hey, I know that you gave, gave me to God, but I'm here just in case. Right? We, we, let go of, we let go of all that anger. We let go of all that bitterness. And then we just hit that Centerville traffic. And there's 10 buggies in front of us, and now we're late to work. And now there's some dude with his pickup truck trying to pass you and the buggies. And you want to give him some hand gestures. Are we being real this morning? What, what do we do? When we come to the, to the presence of God, we come to the altar on Sunday, but then on Monday, the, these thoughts keep coming back, right? The temptation keeps coming back. And this was a huge struggle for me on my personal journey with freedom, where I kept coming to the altar, I kept praying. And then my temptation to go back to my addiction was still there. My temptation to fall into lust was still there. The desire was still there. And just like I grabbed a hold of this truth, we need to grab a hold of the truth that we are called to not only experience freedom at the altar, but we are called to walk in freedom as we leave those doors. And this revelation right here really encouraged me, and I hope it encourages you. Freedom does not mean you're exempt from temptation. It means you have a new response against temptation. Now, there is a new response, like we talked about in week one. Deliverance doesn't mean, oh, I don't struggle anymore. Deliverance means, yes, struggles are going to come, temptation is going to come, but now that I know who I am in Christ, I know that there's freedom available today, I'm going to respond differently. Amen? So who do we turn to? Let's answer that question today. So like we read in Galatians verses 16 and 17, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So Paul describes the spirit, and he describes the flesh. The answer to this question is we need the Holy Spirit. Our freedom today is available through the Holy Spirit because temptation is going to come. Temptation of this world, the devil's voice, it's there. That voice of deception is there. The flesh will always be there, but the Holy Spirit will always be there. And he will be there not just to show up, but he's going to be there to show up, to lead, guide, and direct you into freedom today. And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ today, if you have accepted uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is in you. You may not realize it, but the Holy Spirit dwells within you. There's a battle going on, church, in each and every one of our lives. There's this battle. Soon as we wake up, so we go to sleep, and for some of us, even as we sleep, there's a battle going on. But today, I want to discuss, discuss the contrast between the two opponents of this battle and how we, you and I, can find victory in this battle. The title of my sermon today is Holy Spirit, activate. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better let the Holy Spirit activate. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you too. Holy Spirit, activate. Some of y'all know that. Some of y'all know that. It's time to let the Holy Spirit activate. So before we 
ask the question, how do we submit to the Holy Spirit? We need to know who the Holy Spirit is. Who is the Holy Spirit? Notice how I didn't say, what is the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. He is God the Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, which is the Trinity. If you heard the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, one authority. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-8 in Scripture says, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. John 4, 24, God is spirit. Everyone say spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the, say it out, Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own. I feel that there's this misconception and misunderstanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And for some reason, we've created a culture in church and in walking with Jesus that we feel, there's, we feel this intimidation by the Holy Spirit, right? And some, some people may even call him the Holy Ghost, right? That's, that for some reason, there's this misconception that that's scary. I don't want to step into that. But church, let me encourage you. The, the scriptures, they, they describe the Holy Spirit as the helper. Scripture describes him as the comforter. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with you, lead you, and guide you. Receive him today. Allow him to walk and be who he is. God is spirit, and we belong to him, church. And Jesus, he gave us his spirit. It was a gift. As Jesus, he died, rose, on, rose, on the, rose from the grave, right? And he goes to his disciples. And in Acts 1-8, he says, but you will receive the power of the spirit. Jesus is ascending up to heaven. What does he give us? His spirit. So out of all the different things Jesus could give his people, I would really want to know what he gave us, and that is the Holy Spirit. So as we see in verses 16 and 17, the battle that I talked about that you and I face today is between the flesh and the spirit. And there is no way that someone can fulfill the lust of the flesh as they walk in the spirit. The two don't go together. They're like water and oil. They do not go together. They oppose each other. So we need to understand and know the truth that as believers, like I said, if you're born again, you have the spirit. But we also need to remember that there's this other nature inside of us. As we are humans, we were born into sin. Since the fall of Adam and Eve, we are born into into sin and we have an old nature. And it's the flesh. And our flesh has a gravitational pull towards sin. Let's not lie in church. We have all felt that gravitational pull towards sin. Amen? Those thoughts of, yep, this person driving on M66 is really annoying. Go ahead. Give them that hand gesture. Go, let them know. Let them know. Go ahead. That gravitational pull. Right? That gravitational pull to run back to the drugs. Come on, somebody. That gravitational pull to run back to just sleeping from girl after girl after girl. Come on. There's this gravitational pull that we all have from those in the back to those in the front, from the ushers to the worship leaders to the pastors to the elders. We all have this gravitational pull towards sin. 
and that is our flesh in us. And the flesh is the inner man that is trained in rebellion by the old nature, the world, and the devil. And even though the, man, the old man, our old man was crucified with Christ, like we see in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, although that is true, his influence lives on through the flesh, and he will battle against us constantly. But the good news is, once you accept Jesus, like we see in 1 Corinthians, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit gives you a gravitational pull towards righteousness. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit gives you a gravitational pull towards pleasing God, towards honoring God. And He's the one we need to be submitted to. He's the one we need to surrender to. And He is the one who is going to set us free. But the problem is, church, many of us are ignorant to this battle that goes on. And we live out each and every day going through the motions. Day after day, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. This mentality of, of apathy, just going from day to day. And many of us here are not aware of the seriousness that this battle holds. Are you aware that there is a devil out to get you each and every morning? And then we are surprised that the, tax, the, the attacks are even greater and stronger when we surrender to Jesus. Because now you are a threat to his camp. Oh, come on, somebody. As soon as you surrender your life to Jesus, you are a threat to hell. Don't take it lightly. And he has this target on you. Now, maybe if you're like me, you're a basketball fan. And maybe if you're like me, you understand greatness when you see it, like LeBron James. When you see greatness, you appreciate it. Come on. Come on. Hey, I, I'm, I just speak truth. I've been trained to, to preach truth. I don't Y'all laughing. Did you watch the game last night, though? Did you watch, Jeff, did you watch the game? Devin, did, see, Devin's leaving. See, he, come on. So when the Warriors are coming, in against, coming against the Lakers, right, y'all got to admit, though, Chrissy, you got to admit, who are they paying attention to? LeBron, right? They're not paying attention to the seventh, eighth man. He's a rookie in the league. He's still learning how to shoot. Steve Kerr, the coach of the Warriors, is going to be like, okay, we need to double team him every time. They're not doing that. Because as they know greatness, they see it. And they're like, we need to double team LeBron. And let me just, let me, let me be a man of unity. When the Lakers see someone like the Warriors, who is, they are a great team, right? I'll admit it at the pulpit. The Warriors are a great team, okay? Well, let's move on now, okay? So when the coach of the Lakers, they see the Warriors, who are they going to pay attention to? Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, why? Because they're a threat. So before the game, they're like, I need somebody to double team Steph Curry because he's a threat to our team. So as soon as you start walking in the spirit, mm, as soon as you surrender your life to Jesus, what's the devil doing? I need three demons on him because he's dangerous. He started reading the Bible. We need to tempt him again. Man, he's, he's seeking purity. He's pursuing the Lord. We need to double team him because he's a threat. 
We need to understand the seriousness of the battle you and I face every day. It is a spiritual battle. Paul even said in the book of Ephesians, verse, chapter 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The battle you and I face, it is spiritual each and every day. In the spiritual battle, the warfare is happening in every area of our lives. The devil's using everything. He's going to use entertainment. The devil's going to use music. The devil's going to use money. He's going to use relationships. Anything that can keep you from living in the spirit. Some of us are still in bondage and locked up in our chains because we haven't let go of the old man's authority in our life. Did you know that there is a throne on my heart and there is a throne on your hearts? And each and every day, the Holy Spirit in the flesh, they are in constant battle fighting for that seat, fighting for that authority, because they know that he who sits on the throne of our heart has authority over every decision we make. Who's on the throne of your heart, church? I'm not asking if you're Christian. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm asking who was on the throne of your heart, the old man or the spirit man? Because since we know that the fight is spiritual, every decision you and I make is either of the flesh or of the spirit. And you will begin to find freedom from that chain, from that thing that has kept you, once you realize that every part of your life is drawing you closer to the chain or drawing you closer to the cross. Each and every decision. You're getting closer to the chain or you're getting closer to the cross. Because church, every decision matters. So I read a stat this week that was really interesting. The stat was, studies show that the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. Per day, the average person makes 35,000 decisions per day. It's a lot of decisions. From simple decisions of, do I get out of bed now or do I wait for the third snooze alarm? That, that's me. My wife knows. I wait for the third snooze or the fourth snooze, which is her. Simple decisions, like what am I going to eat for breakfast? Is it going to be a bagel? Is it going to be eggs? Right? Am I going to wear the green shirt, the blue shirt? We make many decisions each and every day. But the Holy Spirit revealed to me this week that every decision in life is like a seed. Now, this seed is very small, isn't it? Some of us can't even this see this seed. I have a, a handful of sunflower seeds. And if I throw these seeds in the ground, in fertile soil, it will produce sunflowers. It will produce fruit. And what's cool about seeds is I could throw up a very small seed up here on stage, and you might not see it. But if it's a seed for, let's say, a tree, once that tree grows to full fruition, you can see that tree from miles away. 
every decision in life is like a seed. And what I've learned in my walk with the Lord, in the walk with the spirit versus the flesh, that every decision I make, big or small, is a seed thrown into the spirit soil or into the flesh's soil. Small decisions from listening to worship music on the way to work to listening to that secular rap on the way to work. Simple, small decisions like doing my Bible reading for the day on the version, or scrolling on TikTok for 10 minutes before work. Just 10 minutes. Just a seed. Small, small choice. Just a, just, just a small choice of keeping my mouth shut when my family is gossiping about that one person or joining the conversation. Uh-oh. Oh, it's just one comment, but it's just one seed. And what we all know about seeds is the more seeds you sow, the more fruit you grow. The more seeds you sow, the more fruit you grow. What kind of fruit are you growing? What kind of fruit are you growing? Notice I didn't ask you if you go to church. What kind of fruit are you growing? Fruit of the spirit or fruit of the flesh? Now, Paul, he kept it very blunt for us and very clear of what is fruit of the flesh or works of the flesh. I'm sorry. In verse 19, he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Everyone say evident. It didn't say the works of the flesh are low key. It said evident. So though the spiritual battle, though it's an invisible battle, the results are outwardly evident. We can't see our flesh, but we can see what it does. And this is what he lists off. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. He says, I warn you. He's not suggesting. He's warning us. I warn you, as I warned you before, so this isn't the first time he's telling us this, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's deep. So to just list off a couple of the definitions, Paul says sexual, sexual immorality is evidence of the flesh. This means having sinful sexual relations that God forbids and what violates his will for sex. In Greek, sexual morality comes from the word pornea, which includes all moral perversions and sexual relations that God forbids, such as fornication, sex outside of marriage, adultery, homosexuality, incest, pornography, prostitution, etc. Paul lists off impurities, which is moral filthiness, sensuality, which is having self-interest and pleasing the physical body, idolatry, which is the worship of any God except the Lord, sorcery, which is witchcraft, enmity, which is hatred, strife, which is contention or being argumentative. He keeps the list going. Jealousy, anger, rivalries, divisions, drunkenness, orgies, things like these are of the flesh, 
So we have this battle, right? We have the spirit in us and we have the flesh in us. Let me remind you, church, that the Holy Spirit is not the one that leads us to these things in our flesh. It is not the Holy Spirit. It is not the Lord. It is the flesh. It is the deception of the devil that tries to come and twist our view of something. And to walk in these works of the flesh is to be plain rebellion against God. And those in plain rebellion against God will not inherit the kingdom of God. This right here is why the gospel is powerful. It's called the good news. So for us to declare a good news, there must be a bad news. And the bad news is, before Christ, we were submitted to this lifestyle. We were submitted to the flesh. We were submitted to this way of living. And Jesus, knowing this, comes and saves us. And he says, I'm going to give you a better option. I'm going to give you real peace. I'm going to give you real healing. Mm. This wasn't in my notes, but I need to share this. I have some righteous anger when I drive into Three Rivers and I see a sign. Help me, Holy Spirit. When I see a sign promoting a cannabis shop and it says, experience peace. Experience healing. That is the devil deceiving this young generation. Because the only real peace, the only real healing comes from that cross. The only real freedom comes from the Spirit of God. It does not come from that demonic spirit, church. You have to recognize it. And every time I pass that sign, I say, I rebuke you, devil. That is not of the heart of God. It is not... Because God wants to save us. He wants to set us free from the works of the devil. And I just plead that you hear this from your pastor with love and care knowing that I don't, we don't want you to stay trapped in bondage. This is why sometimes we say things that might offend you. It might push you away, but hell is a real place. And chains are heavy. And for heavy chains to be broken, drastic measures need to take place. And they happen when God is moving in this place. And please, hear this with love. Stop running to these things. Because you say you want freedom, but you keep sowing seeds of the flesh. You say you want freedom, but you keep sowing seeds of the flesh. You say you want freedom from sexual sin, but you're sowing seeds of the flesh. Every time you're on TikTok and you see half-dressed people. Every time you watch a movie with sex scenes, every time you listen to secular rap, every time you stare at that girl at the grocery store, you sow in seeds of the flesh. And then you wonder, why do I keep falling to that sin? 
because you're throwing seeds. You say you want freedom from unforgiveness, but you're sowing seeds of the flesh every time you let thoughts of anger dwell. Every time you relive what happened. Every time you hope for the worst for that person. You sowing seeds of the flesh. You say you want freedom from depression, but you are sowing seeds of the flesh every time you gossip. Every time you criticize. Every time you surround yourself with other negative people. Every time you victimize yourself in every situation. Every time you avoid godly community like this one. You sowing seeds of the flesh. It breaks my heart because many of us are losing the battle because of small choices. Small decisions here, small decisions there. Oh, it's just a little bit. It could be worse. It's not like I'm sleeping with somebody else. It's just a video. It's just a TikTok dance. It's just a party. It's not a big deal. But the devil's getting you. It's in the small decisions. But Jesus gives us hope. So seeing this, Jesus understands that our flesh is weak and we need help. We all need help. So what does he say? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Church, I know that the works of the flesh seem overwhelming. But God is good enough and big enough to change everything in an instant with the fruit of the Spirit. And if you are born again, if you've surrendered yourself to Jesus, you have, you have an open door to freedom. You have an open door to peace and healing. So the answer to this question, how do we produce these fruits of the Spirit? The best way to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our life is by abiding in the spirit. This word abiding means to remain, to remain in God's presence, to remain in reading scripture, to remain with him. So the, the fruit of the spirit can only grow in our lives through cultivation. How are you cultivating the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you making the little decisions? Because let me encourage somebody. As you can lose the battle in small decisions, you can win the battle in small decisions. You can win the battle in small choices. Simple, practical, small choices, they're going to help you win. But we have to be consistent with the small things. Pastor Don, one of his favorite quotes I've ever, I've ever heard, consistency over intensity. That's the key in every area of your life. Whether it's music, basketball, working out at your job, consistency is greater than intensity. Because anyone can go crazy for an hour, but it takes consistency 
to go every day for 15 minutes and do something? What are the small decisions you're putting in today? Are you purpose, purposely seeking God? Are you being intentional of finding him and meeting with him? Because that's the key. I heard, this, I heard this video today or this week on Instagram. It was really good. They were saying many believers want to be fit to be a follower of Jesus, but they're only going to, gym on, to the gym on Sunday morning. And anyone who works out consistently, help, help me out, because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> help a brother. But for those of you who go to the gym consistently, they know that it's not just one, one day per week that you're going to find strength, right? That you're going to find improvement. So why do we do this with God? Where we say, God, I want to be transformed, but we're only showing up to the gym once a week. It's consistency. Every day, even if it's five minutes, to seed. To seed. Verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Walking and living in the Spirit means letting the Spirit guide, direct, and influence us. Being sensitive to His voice. Having the Spirit of God in us, we need to be sensitive to His voice each and every day. In moments of temptation and weakness, we need to, we need to cry out to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, activate. This needs to be a daily thing in our lives. When the devil comes and tries to tempt us in a, tempt us in a situation, we got to say, Holy Spirit, activate. And this applies in each and every area of our lives. It applies with anger when you're at work. You want to say something to that person? Holy Spirit, activate. When you and your spouse are disagreeing, Holy Spirit, activate. We all got to do it. Ain't that right, babe? There are some times she probably says it more than me. <laughs> Holy Spirit, help me with this boy. But we need to do this. In these moments, we got to say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me in this moment. And there's two areas that I see God move frequently when we're sensitive to his voice, and that's with encouragement and correction. Encouragement and correction. The Holy Spirit wants to encourage you, church. The Holy Spirit is the one encouraging you. Hey, I miss you. I know, hey, I know you haven't read the Bible in two days, but hey, come on, just spend 10 minutes with me. Come on. He's encouraging you. Hey, you have a word for that person. Give it to him. Come on, you, you, I'm the one telling you you should go pray for him. Go pray for him. He's encouraging you. The Holy Spirit's the one saying, hey, I've gifted you. Walk out in your gifts. He's encouraging us. It's a beautiful voice. Come on. Come on, you haven't prayed in some time. I miss you. I miss you. And he also speaks in correction. And this is a tough one. When the Holy Spirit's like, oh, what you doing? What you doing listening to that flesh? 
There were times in my personal walk of trying to find freedom. There were times when the Holy Spirit was like, oh, you shouldn't go on Instagram today. Oh, don't reply to that. Don't reply to her. Mm. It's the Holy Spirit challenging us. But it's because he wants us to be changed and to be set free. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he shall also reap. So the Holy Spirit will produce his fruit in us only if we are intentional. We have to be intentional with throwing seeds in the soil of the Holy Spirit. To produce spiritual fruit, we must sow spiritual seeds. We have, we have such an opportunity. We have so many resources today. So many different ways of sowing spiritual seeds. Let me read out a couple. Bible reading. It's just a seed, but that seed can grow and bear so much fruit. I know some of the scriptures you're reading, it's confusing. You have no idea what's, what's going on. But when you open up that word, church, let me encourage someone. When you open up that word, even if you may not understand it completely, you are submitting your life to the Holy Spirit and you are feeding your spirit to be stronger, to have nutrients and be set free. Just small choices. Prayer, communication with God is the simplest definition. Talk to God. On your way to work, instead of listening to the news, turn it off and pray. Say, God, I love you. Thank you for this day. Boom, you're planting seeds. Lord, I know that temptation is coming today, but I need your help planting seeds. Lord, I went to the altar yesterday at church, and I know that alcohol is coming from my neck, but I'm going to cry out to you and rebuke him. Help me, Holy Spirit. You are planting seeds that will bear much fruit. Listening to worship music. There is power... In worship music, every time you turn it on, you're planting seeds. Listening to sermons. We need to be wise today because we have so much amount of information. But we need to be wise as believers what we're listening to. Be careful what's in your AirPods. What's in your AirPods. It's the Holy Spirit convicting us right now. What's in your AirPods. Is it the word of God? Another way to have spiritual seeds is fasting. I encourage you to go on food fasts. You are feeding your spirit. Because like we said, there is a battle going on. Amen, church? So every battle needs to have warriors. So I'm about to list some things off that might push you back. But I'm trying to talk to some warriors in this place. I don't want to talk to some random Christians that just show up and try to just come just to come. I, I'm talking to some warriors. I'm talking to some people who want to be victorious in this place. You need to have a battle plan. You want freedom from this chain? You need to have a battle plan. And this battle plan, it consists of having a strategy, strategy and knowing what are your triggers. So between me and that chain, there are different things in between. We would call them triggers. So you need to understand what are the triggers that lead me to that chain. Is secular rap your trigger that gives you this thought process of, man, I just want to go find a girl and... Mm, What's your trigger? 
Come on, you struggle with anger? Is that, is that news channel a trigger? Is scrolling on Facebook and debating every single person on your timeline, is that a, is that a trigger? Come on, I'm talking to some warriors. What's your battle plan? Is it deleting TikTok and Snapchat? Oh, but those videos are so funny and I just love learning the dance moves. Is it a trigger though? Because it was for me. Oh, can we, we be real? In my struggle to pornography and sexual sin, Snapchat was a trigger. TikTok was a trigger. Instagram was a trigger. Movies with sex scenes were a trigger. So what's your response to the trigger? And it comes down to what do you love more, that trigger or freedom? Because if you really want to be set free, you're going to delete that app today. If you really want to be set free, you're going to stop watching movies with sex scenes for a whole year. Watch what happens. Come to me after a year and say, Breno, I deleted all these apps. I deleted Facebook. I stopped watching movies with sex scenes for a year. Come to me in a year. And if you say, man, that really drew me far from God, man. Like, I challenge you to come to me and say that. Because in my personal experience, I experienced the opposite. Where when I drew away from those things, I got closer to God. When I drew away from those things, I was a step closer to freedom, a step closer to freedom. But I had to know my safeguards. Know what your safeguards are and use them to your advantage in the battle. Because here's the truth. We are humans and we are weak. The biggest lie we can tell ourselves is, oh, I'm the man. I'm good. No, you're not, bro. You are weak. That's why you need the spirit. That's why you need safeguards. Because you might be hearing this and saying, Bruno, that's just signs of weakness. Man, you got covenant eyes on your phone. Your wife knows all your passcodes. Yeah, she does. Man, that's weak. Nope. I'm a warrior. I have a battle plan. Because this is how I live my life. Why battle a temptation in the future that I have the power to eliminate today? Think about that. You have the power to eliminate the temptation that's trying to get you later. Don't get yourself over there. Make that safeguard. But then some of us, we get offended by this. Say, Bruno, that's not in the Bible. It doesn't say in the Bible that, that listening to secular rap is a sin. It doesn't say in the Bible that watching an R-rated movie is a sin. It doesn't say in the Bible that smoking is a sin. You may be right. But the Bible also says abstain from all appearances of evil. And I've seen a lot of appearance, appearances of evil in those movies. I've seen a lot of it in the music industry. And if that ain't enough Bible, it also says all things are permissible but not beneficial. And your, God, your biggest concern isn't if it's allowed. Your biggest concern is if it's bearing beneficial fruit and pleasing God. But we asking the wrong questions. Here's a, we asking the, we're asking the question, is it a sin? And what's so sad is in that question... I feel like if we're just asking a question, if it's a sin, our standards are too low. We need to be asking the question, is this pleasing God? 
Because this is when the conviction of the Holy Spirit enters into your life. Be encouraged that if you, spirit, if you, if you are saved, you are spirit-filled. But if you are saved, you are filled with someone who's going to convict you. And there was a day where I'm like, God, I want to be set free from pornography. I want to be set free. And he's like, is Drake drawing you closer to me or to that chain? I had to let go of that rap. My concern wasn't if it was a sin or a lie. My concern was, is it getting me closer to that chain or to the Lord? Because here's the thing, it's so sad. Many Christians today try to live as close to the edge as possible. What all can I do without falling off the edge and still being okay? What all can I do and have fun with without going into hell, still get, making the cut? I'm just trying to make the cut. But here's the thing, when you're close to the edge, all it takes is a quick push to fall down. When you're close to the edge, all it takes is some winds for you to fall into sin. And you keep wondering, why do I keep falling to temptation? It's because you're on the edge. So in my life, I'm not trying to say, how close can I get to the line? I'm trying to say, I'm trying to stay as far away from the line as possible. And people are going to say, oh, but Breno, that's legalism. That, but it's not legalism because I don't see that boundary as a punishment. I see it as protection. I don't see it as legalism. I see it as freedom because I'm, I'm good over here. I don't need to be there. I'm good over here. I'm praising Jesus. I'm drawing closer. I'm growing in my marriage. I don't miss TikTok. Oh, hallelujah. When you find freedom, you don't miss the sin. I don't miss secular rap. I'm now making Christian rap, and we're going to make it better, Trey. We're going to change the world, Trey. K-Diamond, we're going to change the world. Because I'm good. I'm a warrior. Are you a warrior in this place? How desperate are you for freedom today? Because free people make hard choices. Mm. Free people make hard choices. The choices that people are going to laugh about, the choices that people are going to mock, the choices that people will leave your life because you're making them. But I'm more concerned of walking in freedom and being the man I'm called to be, the husband I'm called to be. I would rather live that out than be liked by other people who probably got some chains on. Because the people around my life I'm surrounding myself with other free people who are also making the hard choices. And they're saying, let's make the hard choices together and change the world. Let's change the world. Are you desperate in this place? And like we said in the beginning, freedom does not mean you're exempt from temptation. It means that you have a new response. And what is that response, church? Holy Spirit, help me. Because we're not perfect, we're going to fall. It's going to happen. But don't let those moments of failure discourage you from the process. If you fall to those drugs, if your flesh was so hungry that you went to that cannabis shop, if your flesh was so hungry and you went and slept with that person, fall on your knees right away. Your first response Gotta be to the ground. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. He gonna forgive you. Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. You convicted me 20 times today and I still fell to that sin. I still fell to that flesh. But God, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. You are not concerned about my past. You're concerned about my future. So I repent of my sins and I turn to you today. And then we keep moving forward. 
That's it. We just keep moving forward. Because here's what I've learned, that yeah, those nights were long. Yeah, those choices were hard. But when you begin to start feeding your spirit, you will begin to have more strength. And if you just keep throwing seed after seed, seed after seed, the, the God, God is going to see your obedience. Jesus is going to see you trying, and he's going to just overflow you, overflow you. And you're going to be so much stronger because you submitted your life to the Holy Spirit. You see the difference? You see the difference? And then it comes to a place in your life that you're not even running to that chain anymore, you really finally free because when back you would fall to addiction, now you got self-control, a fruit of the Spirit. Back when you would have a panic attack, now you got peace, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you used to be anger and have resentment, now you have self-control and peace and gentleness, which is a fruit of the Spirit. Because when you submit your life to the at the throne of Jesus, depression has to bow, anxiety has to bow, addiction has to bow, bitterness, fear, and all of those things have to bow at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus. It all has to bow. Suicidal thoughts, it has to bow. Depression, it has to bow. Addiction, it has to bow. Drug addiction, it has to bow at the feet of Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there, there is joy. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is peace. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And it's by his spirit that you're going to find freedom. Ain't that right, Brenson? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom in this place. And I believe he's here today. Freedom is available today through the Holy Spirit. Only through him. And what's beautiful about the Holy Spirit is that he is so much more practical than you think. It's in the small things like we listed out today that I believe, my brother, you're going to find that freedom from addiction. It may not happen tomorrow morning, but it's going to happen because you're submitted to the Holy Spirit. My sister, I know you keep having panic attacks, but if you stay submitted to the Holy Spirit, now those panic attacks are just going to be a testimony from the past. You're going to use that to change other people. I know that you're showing up to church every Sunday and you're still depressed. You still feel that there's no purpose in your life. My sister, my brother, if you submit your life to the Holy Spirit right now, you're going to see a change. You're going to see a transformation. Because freedom is available through the Holy Spirit. So as we started this sermon series, we were closing out Easter. And in Easter... We celebrate the, the good news of the cross, right? And imagine those disciples that encountered the resurrection of Jesus. They saw Jesus rise from the, from the grave. So you could just see Peter, James, and John be like, all right, now it's time to show them. All right, Jesus, now it's time to go from city to city like we have been and keep expanding the kingdom. But Jesus says, it's time for me to go. Can you imagine the difficulty that must have been for the disciples? It's like, bro, you think they were mad at us before. <laughs> they really mad now. You can't leave us. You can't leave us. Why would you leave us? But Jesus says, I'm going to give you someone. 
And in the disciples' minds, if I was a disciple at the time, I'd probably think, man, if Jesus is about to leave and we're about to get hunted by these religious people in the whole world, what he's about to give me should be important, probably important. And when you think about in Acts chapter 1, did Jesus give them another sermon? No. Did he tell them to say a certain phrase like abracadabra every time someone's trying to kill them? No. What did he give them, church? The Holy Spirit. And here we are today. It's 2023. And the devil is out here trying to take down as many people as he can with him to the pits of hell. It's 2023, and we are in a spiritual warfare against every angle and every side. It's 2023, and people are losing hope. They're losing faith. Never seen so much discouragement in my life. Never seen so much sin in front of our faces in our life. But what has Jesus given us? Did he give us another sermon? No. Did he magically write another chapter for us to read in the Bible? No. He gave us his spirit. It wasn't just another word from God that changed them. It was a work of God that changed them. And some of us here, we trapped in our chains, we trapped in our shame, and we just waiting for another word. We're waiting for another counseling session. We're waiting for another TED talk or a sermon to change us. But some of us, I want to encourage you, it's not a word you're missing. It's a work you're missing. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And if it's, it's one thing to be Christian, but it's another thing to be spirit-filled and submitted to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, is, it isn't a natural work that you're going to see physically in front of you. It is a supernatural work. So some of us here, we need a supernatural work of the Spirit right now. Can you guys stand with me in this place? Maybe some things were said today that are heavy, maybe hard to hear, but I pray that through my words that you hear the heart of God, of a loving father, because any loving father will be honest with us and real if we're not walking how we're supposed to walk. And it's not out of hatred, it's out of love. The Holy Spirit is convicting you today because he loves you and he wants to help you. As we close out this series today, this is our last cry and invitation of this series. If you need some freedom today, come to the altar. If you need a touch from the Holy Spirit in one way or the other, come to the altar. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you live just for the devil and your flesh in this world, come to the altar. We gonna, Jesus is going to save you and he's going to fill you today. Let's do it all today. So as we sing this song, Holy Spirit, let's do business with God. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus.